Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Well, greetings from Chicago, and I'm hearing myself back in my own ear, Sean, right now. Thanks so much to WCPT, our Chicago affiliate, for loaning me a studio where I can hang out and do my show from. Uh, Donald Trump, just on his way to his helicopter or wherever he was going, walked out and talked to the press and uh, said... Hey, uh, not only should uh, Zelensky be looking at the Bidens, but so should China. It's like he's committing these crimes right out in front of us. You know, I I think this has been the theory of his life. I think I I think, frankly, his whole entire life, he's done things this way, figuring if he could just be very, very brazen, you know, just do it out loud. And people go, oh, my God, I can't believe you did that. And he's like, well, I did. What are you going to do about it? Well, okay, we'll go on to something else. I don't think that they're going to go on to something else, but this is this is what's happening. Secondly, are you ready for President Pelosi? I guarantee you there's not a single Democrat, elected Democrat in the world who will tell you what I'm going to tell you because they're, you know, they they just don't want the right wing to go absolutely insane, but the right wing will be going insane with this any minute now. It turns out that Mike Pence was in on this bribery scheme. You know, the Constitution says that a president shall be impeached for bribery, treason, treason, bribery, or high crimes and misdemeanors. And bribery is when you offer a foreign government a bunch of weapons in exchange for their giving you something of value that is something that helps you get reelected, like dirt on your opponent. It's just, I mean, that's the virtually the textbook definition of bribery. And now it turns out that Mike Pence wasn't on the call, but he had a readout of the call. He had what you and I saw, you know, the the copy that was printed where the president, uh, Mr. Zelensky, president of Ukraine says, uh, you know, we really would like those javelin missiles, uh, those anti-tank missiles, because we're a little concerned here. And Trump said, well, I'd like a favor, though, you know, a conditional favor. And Pence had that with him when he went to Poland to meet with Zelensky. And, and he sat down with Zelensky and he specifically said, on behalf of President Trump and the United States and all this kind of stuff, we would appreciate it if you would look into corruption and, uh, you know, which is code for Biden's in Trump world. And the argument that Pence's people are making now, now Mike Pence hasn't, you know, publicly spoken out about this, but the argument that his people are making is that he hadn't bothered to read the transcript. 
He didn't really know what he was saying. Zelensky knew what he was saying. They had a conversation about what he was saying. This is just insane. New York Magazine has an article about this, their intelligencer column. And I just had to read this this, uh, sentence to you. It's... uh, Although President Trump, quote, used Pence to tell Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky that U.S. aid was still being withheld. Okay, so that was covered. We're holding back the aid that you want because we want something from you. Although President Trump used Pence to tell Zelensky that U.S. aid was still being withheld, the Washington Post reports, Pence aides insist that he had no idea what he was actually being used for. Officials close to Pence... This is from the Washington Post. Officials close to Pence insist that he was unaware of Trump's efforts to press Zelensky for damaging information about Biden and his son. And then and then this is the commentary from the uh, New York magazine that's just so on the money. Pence, by their accounting, is like a man who delivers a ransom note to a bank teller, failing to place any significance in the fact that the tellers have their hands in the air. The bank patrons are lying on the floor. And the guy who asked him to bring the note to the bank has a mask and a gun. (laughs) Pence's involvement in the plot was extensive. White House officials had him cancel a planned trip to Zelensky's inauguration. This was to ramp up the pressure. One of Pence's top advisors was on the July 25th call when Trump made his clear demand that Zelensky open uh, investigations into Biden, who Trump named on the call. So one of Pence's top people was on that call. Pence was given the transcript of the call before his September 1st meeting with Zelensky when he reiterated Trump's threat. And Pence's uh, defense is that even though the readout of Trump's call was in his briefing materials and his trip to Europe, he didn't bother to read it. He's just, you know, not that smart or not that interested. I don't don't know how long this is going to last or how far this is going to go or whether anybody's going to believe this or not. It seems pretty absurd and obscene. But, you know, there it is. There it is. And Trump is just coming unhinged because the the polls are starting to show now. Uh, And, and, uh, you know, this is, I I think, pretty consequential. The polls are showing right now 45% of Americans support impeachment, not an investigation. More than half of Americans want an investigation. 45% say kick the bum out of office. 44% want him removed from the Senate. Okay, so 45% want the House to charge him. 44% say, and the Senate should convict him. And 52% of Americans, and this is just, I mean, this has been going on for a week. 52% of Americans say Trump committed abuse of power. And the percentage of people who oppose impeachment and oppose removal, 38 and 35% respectively. So, uh, you know, it's just not going the way he wants, uh, Donald Trump. And uh, I I don't know how how to say it beyond that. And now, you know, the Trump administration is continuing to try to stonewall Congress. And Adam Schiff has come out and said, you know, if you're going to stonewall us, that's just more obstruction of justice. And obstruction of justice was one of the articles against Richard Nixon. It was one of the articles against Bill Clinton. You know, it's basically the cover up. The cover-up is worse than the crime, is the old saying. And, and uh, you know, it's not always true, obviously, but the cover-up in this case was a big deal. And so 
you know, we'll see where this goes. But uh, oh, and and Pompeo, Pompeo was in on it. He was on the call. We now know our Secretary of State. And uh, this is fascinating. Over at the Nation, uh, Joan Walsh writing at the Nation that about Mike Pence. Um, he, you know, prior to becoming Secretary of State, Trump had made him head of the CIA. He used to be this right-wing Tea Party wackadoodle congressman from Kansas. That's that's who Pompeo used to be. He's, he's, you know, one of these insanely ambitious, I don't care who I step on kind of guys. And apparently, this is how he's been running his agencies. This from Joan Walsh's piece in The Nation. Officials of the CIA, which he previously ran, leaked that he was widely despised for abusive behavior including throwing binders at subordinates. Those were Mitt Romney's binders of women. And that his security detail threw an emancipation party when he left. And while Pompeo insisted Schiff and the Democrats were harassing State Department employees with subpoenas and requests for information about the department's role in Trump's Ukraine shakedown, reports emerged that some of those employees are approaching Democrats wanting to voluntarily testify. Coming up on the holidays, good time to lose weight. Up until last year, I'd never endorsed a weight loss product, but I decided to change that after reading about university research into a molecule in olive oil that regulates appetite. Louise convinced me there was one that was worth sharing, and a year later, I have to say she was right. She said that once her appetite and cravings were under control, losing weight was easy, and she's kept it off. And my producer, Sean, was so impressed with Louise's results that she's trying Ridgizone, too. Sean wants to lose a little weight before the holidays, and she says Ridgizone is the easiest diet supplement she's ever used. One capsule with breakfast, and just forget it. No jitters, no hunger, no wild food cravings. Sean says meals are no longer a battle not to overeat. She feels full faster and has reduced portion sizes accordingly. She also says she feels full longer, so no more grazing between meals either. The only ingredient in Ridgizone occurs naturally in the body and is completely non-stimulant. That really appealed to both Louise and Sean. Listen, if you're looking to lose weight this season, I strongly suggest you give non-prescription Riduzone a try. Use the promo code TOM, T-H-O-M, and receive up to 65% off plus free shipping. Go to Riduzone.com. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. Riduzone.com. R-I-D-U-Zone.com. Code, promo code TOM. Riduzone.com. You're listening to Tom Hartman. You'll recall back a week or so ago when the transcript, when the White House released the transcript of Trump's call with Zelensky, president of Ukraine, that I went on the air. I I read the transcript and there were three places in this transcript where there were ellipses. Ellipses are, you know, three little dots or an ellipsis is three little dots. There were three of these. There were three ellipses. And and I pointed out, I mean, I'm a writer, right? <laughs> kind of the equivalent of an English major here. And I said, you know, typically an ellipsis means that something has been omitted. I do this all the time with quotes from some of the founders and the framers. You know, they'll, they'll have this long paragraph and they'll start out saying, well, you know, the Supreme Court should be. And then, and then they'll wander off into some, you know, other land and then they'll come back and make their concluding point. And so I just cut the middle out and put dot, dot, dot. And, and you know, it makes sense that way. So anyhow, I went on the air and I said, you know, I'm seeing ellipses in this thing. In fact, in fact a number of you called and, and uh, one guy called and said, I think there's five of them. We, we double checked. There were only three. If you do a control F through the PDF, there were five spots, but it looks like two of them were just artifacts or maybe there's more and they're buried. But in any case, 
Each one of these three ellipses were at a point where the transcript, in my opinion, was just starting to get juicy where he was talking about CrowdStrike, the company that told the DNC that Russians had invaded their server, where he was talking about uh, the Biden family, his more general demand about what we want, you know, what kind of dirt we want and how we want it and when we want it. And I, I tweeted about this and a bunch of people tweeted back at me and some of you called and said, well, no, you know, sometimes an ellipsis just means somebody just trailed off. They didn't quite finish their sentence or their voice dropped. And, and I said, you know, well, in a transcript like this, and I realize it's not a transcript, it's notes, but there was so much verbatim language in there that much of it actually was transcription, that in a transcript, typically if somebody's voice trails off or, they, or you can't understand what they're saying, you have a bracket in the word inaudible rather than an ellipsis. So I said, and, and also, if you read that transcript out loud, it runs about 10 to 12 minutes, even if you read slowly, uh, which would be the case with simultaneous translation. But the call was 20, it was 30 minutes, as I recall, maybe 20. In any case, the call was about twice as long as the transcript was. And so I was like, there's stuff missing. And people were like, ah, oh, you're being paranoid. And there goes Hartman again. Well, at the very top of the front page of today's Washington Post, now this is the electronic edition. I haven't seen the print edition, but this is literally at the very top of today's Washington Post. Odd markings fuel doubts about rough transcript of Trump-Ukraine call. And they're specifically pointing out, hey, there's ellipses in there. What the heck is going on? What is he hiding? What is he covering up? I think it's going to get a whole lot worse for Trump before it gets better. And one of the other interesting things that the New York Times is noting is that he has not put together a war room. I mean, when, when Clinton was impeached, and for that matter, when Nixon was looking at impeachment, you know, when impeachment hearings were going on with Nixon, in both cases, they brought in really high-powered lawyers, former members of Congress, constitutional experts. Um, they, they also put together a media war room so that they could rebut any, any uh, charges and, and always be on top of things and get stuff out there. Trump appears to just be doing this shooting from the hip, which tells me and informs a number of the commentators out here that he really doesn't think that there's any chance he'll be convicted in the Senate. And so he's basically saying, go ahead, give me your best shot. And, and it's why he doubled down. You know, originally it was just like, you know, trying to bribe Ukraine. And today he tried to bribe China. He's like, oh, you want a trade deal? Give me some dirt on Joe Biden's son. And I think that, you know, at this point in time, given how timid all these senators, these Republican senators are, I mean, you've got two of them now, Chuck Grassley and Mitt Romney, who have said, well, that transcript is troubling. Right. That's, you know, to, to go back to that analogy of the, the guy handing the ransom note to the bank teller, it's a little more than troubling. But that's as far as any Republicans have been willing to go. So, you know, Trump may be onto something. However, I think what he's misunderstanding is the calendar, is that, you know, once these guys learn whether or not they're going to have a serious primary challenge, and once the window closes for primary challengers to file and, you know, compile their funding, they're going to be looking around and saying, you know, I don't think that this primary challenge is going to be a problem for me, and therefore I'm going to do what's right. Now, you know, expecting Republicans to do what's right is always a bad bet, 
but we only need 20 of them and there's there's you know a little over 50 i think there's 51 of them so we'll see how it shakes out but it, it's all coming down to you know trump basically making this bet and i think one of the things that is malinforming him is that he's getting his news from breitbart and from right-wing online sources and from fox news and not from the fox news news people but from the fox you know, the commentary people, the, the uh, Laura Ingrams and Sean Hannity's. Judge Napolitano, by the way, has now come out and said, yes, we need an impeachment inquiry. This looks illegal, which is very strange. So Trump is all upset about that. But as I said yesterday, if Fox turns on him, the game's over. So we'll see where it goes. Mike in uh, Wycliffe, Ohio. Am I saying that right, Mike? That's correct. Wycliffe, Ohio. I'm a retired operating engineer, and I've been retired for six years now. And I've been an avid, not only a watcher of your show, but Washington Journal on C-SPAN. Unfortunately, I'm pretty sad to hear the comments, the ignorance of the callers that call into a wide range of subjects on that show. And... To me, now understand that I have young children, I have younger grandchildren, and after reading books, especially Richard Evans wrote a three-volume books about the Third Reich, and I know you're an expert on that too, I've come to the conclusion that the only way the American people, and I don't, I'm not advocating this, the only way that the American people are going to learn about this monster is they're going to have to learn the hard way. Much like Germany, the German people were brought to their knees until they realized their, their mistake. And, and as you pointed out, the hardliners, e even as the Third Reich was dying, uh, you brought up the point, and I've read it too, that when Adolf Hitler found out that the the people were escaping to the subways, he flooded the subways, drowning his own people. This is terrifying. People don't realize how important things are today. Even my wife, who is still a teacher, she said to me this morning after watching this fire hose that was on the news yesterday, she said to me, she said, Mike, how are they going to write the history books about this? It's an absolutely terrifying situation that we're in. And people, they don't understand it. But the, the, the pain is going to come after. When all the, 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 the judgeships that him and Mitch McConnell are filling, the, these Federalist Society people... The pain is going to come to my kids and my grandkids 30, 40 years down the line. The decisions yeah, that they're no, making. I agree. I gave a speech about this in Minneapolis, and people who attended the Blue State Ball uh, remember that. I haven't talked about it much on the air, but I pointed out that Trump is acting like a cult leader. Yes. And he has followers who are behaving like cult followers. And the Nazi movement was a cult. The German, uh, Tojo's Japanese movement was a cult. 
and cults had to be completely destroyed. You couldn't, you couldn't just kind of push them out of the way. You had to completely and utterly destroy them before the cult followers woke up from the dream that they were in. And that's been my concern for a long time with the Republican Party is that, that you know, we've got this, this cult going on here. And it's like where, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And, you know, what's it going to take to break the hold on them? This is the Tom Hartman Program. Our book today in the Tom Hartman Book Club is The Cult of Trump. A leading cult expert explains how the president uses mind control by Stephen Hassan. This is from the introduction. Just beneath the surface of Trump's woe is me facade is a messianic streak. He may not come, may not come out and say he believes he is a messiah, but he has done nothing to dispel the notion popular among some Christian followers that God has chosen him to be their leader. Certainly, he makes no bones about the fact that he is the only one who can restore America to an imagined past glory and save us from a terrible future. One of of Trump's earliest campaign moves was to establish the image of a great shining wall in the minds of his followers. The wall was a key piece of Trump propaganda to insulate, isolate, and elevate America from the rest of the dangerous world. The idea was actually suggested by political consultants Roger Stone and Sam Nunberg, who were looking for a mnemonic device that would keep Trump on message. Trump didn't love the idea at first, but he tried it out at a rally and the crowds went crazy. It turned out to be a stroke of marketing genius. Not only did it play on the us versus them trope, but it also allowed Trump to conjure images of murderers and rapists amassing at the southern border. It allowed him to instill fear in the hearts and minds of his followers, far beyond what is the norm at campaign rallies, and yet straight out of the cult leader playbook. The Muslim ban, which Trump tried to implement early in his presidency, was a variation on this theme, as many of the Christian right fear that Islam wants to rule the world and impose Sharia law on Americans. Trump uses all kinds of cult tactics, lying, insulating opponents, projecting his weaknesses onto others, deflecting, distracting, presenting alternative facts and competing versions of reality to confuse, disorient, and ultimately coerce his followers. Repetition programs the belief into the unconscious, but fear-mongering tops the list. In my experience, phobia indoctrination, the creation of fearful thoughts to promote and reinforce a desired set of beliefs or behaviors in followers, is one of the most powerful and universal techniques in the cult leader's arsenal. This is why Trump spends so much time, so much air and Twitter time painting a frightening picture of the danger posed by immigrants, Mexicans, Muslims, the migrant caravan. The more vivid the thought or image installed in people's minds, the greater a hold it has on us and the less susceptible we are to rational or critical thought. There are other enemies in Trump's world, globalists, radical left-wing Democrats, socialists, Hollywood actors, the liberal media, all of whom want to destroy America. Inspiring fear of real or imagined threats overrides people's sense of urgency. It makes them susceptible to a confident authority figure who promises to keep them safe and can make them more compliant and obedient. Fear defines Trump's philosophy, his personality, and his presidency. It is also his definition of power, according to Bob Woodward's aptly titled book, Fear. In it, Woodward reported that Trump told him, quote, real power is, I don't even want to use the word, fear. Trump, like cult leaders and dictators throughout history, seizes upon people's needs and fears and amplifies them. Like these authoritarian leaders, he may manufacture problems that do not exist and then say, trust me or believe me, and promise that only he can fix it. 
Given the right circumstances, sane, rational, well-adjusted people can be made to consider and ultimately believe the most outrageous leaders and propositions. There is a method to their madness. Cult leaders may look and behave differently, but even the craziest, most chaotic ones follow a similar pattern. While they usually have no academic training, they are masters of human psychology, especially social psychology. They understand that human beings are social creatures who, at some level, are wired to follow leaders and powerful members of their group. They know that they can confuse people with false information and lies, and then sow doubt by claiming that they never said what they said in the first place. People like to think they're rational and in control, but the lessons of history and social psychology demonstrate time and again that simply ain't so. We go about our ways and our lives using unconscious mental models. When cult leaders manipulate these models in subtle and overt ways, we can be persuaded to believe and do things we might never have considered without such systemic psychological influence. Ultimately, their goal is to make people dependent and obedient. Before the 24-7 world of smartphones and the internet, cult leaders would physically isolate members in order to control all aspects of their lives, their behavior, information, thoughts, and emotions, or what we call the BITE model of indoctrination, B-I-T-E. But physical isolation is not always necessary for indoctrination to occur. Through the media and the internet, people can be indoctrinated and even recruited on their smartphones or in their own homes. Some cult leaders, including pimps and human traffickers, use smartphones and digital technology to monitor and control their followers. Taken to an extreme, the indoctrination process can break down a person's fundamental identity to such an extent that they could be said to have a new pseudo-identity cast in the image of the group's leader or ideology. In her documentary, The Brainwashing of My Dad, Jan Senko shows how her once loving and liberal father, Frank, came to espouse ra hate-filled racist views after listening to Rush Limbaugh and other right-wing talk radio hosts for many hours a day while commuting to work. He was essentially radicalized by these shows and also by Fox News television. I have met and heard about followers of Trump who have undergone radical personality changes, adopting viewpoints that would have been abhorrent to their former selves. Perhaps most confounding is how so many devout Christians have come to believe that a man who cheated on his pregnant wife was handpicked by God. Of course, Trump is not carrying out this indoctrination single-handedly through his Twitter account. The book, The Cult of Trump, Bloomberg reports there's an increasing number of people concerned about their wealth due to the fear we may be entering a larger economic crisis than 2008. If you've been paying attention, you know the Dow recently had its sixth largest point loss in history, and the stock market continues to show extreme volatility. Meanwhile, central bank gold purchases have risen to a six-decade high, sending gold prices higher. CNBC and the World Gold Council reports Russia and China are swapping out U.S. dollars from their own portfolios, investing in safer, more liquid assets like gold. And what makes things even more suspicious, the U.S. Federal Reserve reportedly holds the most gold of all central banks. What's everyone getting ready for? If you share the gut feeling that something is soon to go south with the global economy, call my friends at ITM Trading at one own gold Proper gold and silver strategy will help secure your entire wealth portfolio. Call ITM Trading at one own gold Gold. Ask them for their free gold protection guide and secure your wealth while you still can. That's 1-888-OWN-GOLD. John in Vancouver, Washington. John, what's on your mind today? Hey, good morning, Tom. I was listening to Mark Pocan and him going through how Nader explained 
how we can't just immediately throw people in jail for withholding testimony or documentation or evidence, i.e. stonewalling. And with all of the laws that changed post-Nixon, wouldn't it be a good idea where the president has the power to suspend habeas corpus during times of war that the that the that the Congress has time to suspend that to immediate documentation and witnesses when an impeachment is going on so that we can shorten a clear and present danger in the White House. Well, John, that's what the Supreme Court ruled in the case of U.S. v. Nixon back in 74. Um, You know, Richard Nixon was saying, I don't have to turn stuff over. And the Supreme Court said, yes, you do. And you have to do it now. You have to do it immediately. And and that's how Congress got the Nixon tapes, the White House tapes. He wanted to give them redacted transcripts saying that there was national security stuff and, and uh, you know, blah, de, blah, de, blah. So um, my guess is that if they continue to stonewall, this will very rapidly go back to the Supreme Court, just like it did with Nixon. And the Supreme Court will either order it done and and, and if... Uh, well, either they'll order it done or they won't. And if they don't, if they reverse their U.S. v. Nixon decision, which would be real interesting. I mean, you've got a very, very, very partisan Supreme Court. But I'm suspecting that John Roberts may well be the tie-breaking vote in favor of, no, you've got to turn this stuff over. But then the the second part of that, John, is if if, um, uh, Trump then says, okay, the Supreme Court told me to do it, I'm still not going to do it, you know? I'm talking about in, in findings of contempt to leave it to the congressional committee to find a witness in contempt and jail them, bypassing the judicial process. Oh, I leave see. it up to the congressman to find them in contempt and jail them without having to go to court. So we don't have this months long, years long delay to find out what the heck is going on. Yeah, what you're describing is what's called inherent contempt, which is where Congress can simply assert that authority that is inherent in there being the Article I branch of government, um, which has not been used since the 1920s or 1930s, and to the best of my knowledge, has never been tested by before the Supreme Court. So, um, I, I, you know, I'm looking forward. Uh, uh, Congressman Pocan yesterday said that he was going to get uh, Nadler's, you know, a summary of Nadler's rationale to us all. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing that because, um, I, you know, I think this is a big deal. I, I think it's just a huge big yeah, deal. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Tom. Have a great so, day, man. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks a lot, John. Tom Hartman here with you live from Chicago from our affiliate, WCPT, Chicago's Progressive Talk. And uh, thanks again for the studio loan. Jeff in San Francisco. Hey, Jeff, what's on your mind? Uh, I just wanted to give some good news from California. I sent you a tweet today that Gavin Newsom signed AB 857 for public banks in California. It would be the second state Woo-hoo. after North Dakota to have a public bank, which is amazing. Since that we are the is fifth, great. sixth largest economy in the world. So, yeah. Any thoughts yeah. on Do that? Do you have any any sense of the timeline on this, Jeff? How it's going to play out? Uh, you know, I, I know that San Francisco had had uh, at least had a resolution, you know, going that they wanted to start their their own bank. Or is is the state going to do? I mean, how is this going to play out? I believe it's going to go through. There's ten cities from San Diego, L.A., San Francisco, Eureka, that they're going to like. Uh, they're going to have like public banks through the cities throughout California. 
as far as the details, which is always the devil. But there was some really sharp, about a, about 100 to 200 very active grassroots activists. Uh, Jackie Fielder was huge in a Native American and um, Trinity Tran, and uh, they really pushed hard on this. And uh, it started, you know, both in San Francisco and L.A. And uh, so I'm sure they've got this. They they really did some homework on this. And reading Ellen Brown's books, I mean, when one bank needs money, the other one can loan it to them. And, uh, you know, she lays it out brilliantly. And I'd love you to have her bring her back sometime. So (laughs) but I'm real excited about this. Yeah, me too. I, I think that's marvelous. Jeff, thanks a lot for the heads up on that. That That is great, and I appreciate the call. David in Canoga Park, California. Hey, David, what's up? Trump is now a mob boss, and those people who support him are part of the mob, and they believe that they are at war. And you remember that conservative guy who called in earlier in the week, and you guys debated back and forth. It was great. And then you finally got him at the end, something he knew was wrong and couldn't excuse away. And he said, sir, have you ever been in a war? All's fair in love and war. So everything Trump does to them is fair because they're in a war and they're armed to the teeth. So the question is, you remember that guy? That's an interesting theory. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I do remember that guy. And I took his statement differently than you did. And I think you're probably right. I took it at the time that he was just trying to, you know, do a personal attack on me saying, you know, I'm, I'm a veteran and I'm more patriotic than you are or something like that. But I think your point that what he was saying was, you know, all's fair in love and war um, probably is more to the point. So your question, David. And then uh, the slow pace that the Democrats are taking in impeachment is perfect because you have to get more and more of America on the side of the truth to to dampen down the passion of these people. And from an astrology point of view, this is the year of the pig born under the sign of honesty, straight to the point. And I told you before that I hope the truth about Trump comes out this year. Yeah, well, I think it is, and I think it will, and and, uh, excellent points all. David, thanks a lot for the call. Mark in Valley, Washington. Hey, Mark, what's on your mind today? Well, greetings from the heart of eastern Washington, right-wing hate land. Okay. I'm just just 35, 38 miles north of Spokane. Did I not hear on your program that there's a live-fire neo-Nazi training camp up here somewhere? Yeah, there is. And did I also not hear that the Oath Keepers... Say they're ready to go with this uh, civil war if it happens. Yes, they have. Okay, because I've had this discussion with you before, and we've been on opposite sides. I keep telling people that people on the left better get prepared because. Yeah, you're saying the people on the left should arm themselves. I think they should, at least for self-defense, if no other reason. Trump's not going to leave without inciting some kind of violence. That's my personal feeling. Uh, he's already Whether... incited violence. I mean, the guy who went down to El Paso and killed over 20 Hispanics did so specifically. I mean, he cited Trump. He, he, he traveled hundreds of miles specifically to go to a border town and kill people of Mexican ancestry. It's already here, Mark. I get what you're saying. I'm not willing to. I think it would be irresponsible for, for me, you know, having the platform that I have 
to recommend that people arm themselves, number one. Number two, having a gun in your home increases by 500% the probability that there's going to be a death in your home and it's not going to be a bad guy. Uh, it'll be suicide, it'll be an accident, uh, or it could be homicide, particularly you know, in, in domestic disputes. I don't think uh, let me that just say there's, cost, there's, there's no young there's no young kids around my house, so that's the one worry I yeah, don't have. Well, I'm not I'm not telling you you shouldn't have a gun. I'm you know I'm, I'm I'd be the last no, person to tell anybody. You know, that. But I think it would be irresponsible of me to recommend to just you know average people that hey it's time to arm yourself because the right wingers are coming. I think that that's a, a very dangerous message to be passing along. So I guess we'll continue to disagree. Mark, thank you for the call. I, I certainly get your concern. I totally get your concern. John in Seattle. Hey, John, you wanted to weigh in on this? And not addressing what happened with the Bidens. You know, I don't know the details, but it may not have been illegal, but it certainly, as you said, looks bad. Talks about, it goes to the point of politicians, you know, peddling influence or their, or their family members. And if we don't address that, or if we just focus on Trump and we don't say, you know, we got to we got to address this with our principles, as in that's corruption as well. It's certainly not impeachable. I support the impeachment of Trump. You know, he's horrible, et cetera. But we can't make this a partisan issue with the Bidens and say, you know, we're just not going to talk about that. We're just going to talk about Trump. What's your thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah, I- I, I, I agree, John. I think the Democrats have to acknowledge that it doesn't look good. And by the way, the second half of this, and, and I was surprised yesterday that Mark Pocan didn't know about this, apparently Hunter Biden, and I frankly don't have the details. I've read a couple of stories about it, but it's been over a month. But apparently he was also part of or a principal in a uh, hedge fund or an investment fund that had over a billion and a half dollars. And he went with his dad to China and solicited a bunch of money for the fund from Chinese oligarchs, Chinese billionaires. And that looks bad. And that's what Donald Trump keeps talking about. I mean, this is all over the right wingosphere. It's not like I'm, I'm peddling, uh, you know, dirt on the family or those kinds of things. This is literally all over the place. And every right wing talk show host is talking about it right now. In all probability, Fox News is all over it. And and, uh, you know, it, it does look bad. But the process is not for us to say, Joe, you got to step down. Uh, the process is to have, you know, another debate, continue the process. In the late winter, early spring of next year, you're going to see the Iowa caucuses and, the, and California is going to be one of the early states. You're going to New Hampshire and whatnot. Let's let this process play out. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Joyce Vance Boy, this is amazing. You know, former federal prosecutor just tweeted this in, in response, and it's the top story at the New York Times and the Washington Post as well, um, in response to Donald Trump saying in front of the TV cameras, basically, China, if you're listening, find me some dirt on the Bidens, and I will give you the trade deal that you want. Joyce Vance tweets, Trump just committed a felony violation of law by soliciting something of value in connection with a U.S. election from a foreign government or national. Oh, on national TV. And then she quotes the law. It's 52 U.S. Code Section 30121. Violating the law is not necessary for impeachment, but it certainly warrants it. And then she links to a thing about the U.S. Code from Cornell University's law school. She goes on to say the statute, the law, requires knowledge your conduct is a crime. Now, you could argue, and this is me now, not Joyce, you could have argued back when Trump, during the campaign in 2016, said, you know, Russia, if you're listening, I think that the press will richly reward you if you can find Hillary Clinton's uh, emails. 
You could argue that he really didn't realize that saying that was a crime. But after he said that, and after it came out, and after it was done and everything else, I mean, there's no way he doesn't know that it's a crime. And so back to Joyce Vance, she says, after the Mueller investigation, there's no way Trump was unaware that this violates the law. Basically, he's saying Ukraine, China, can you hear me, is even worse than Russia, if that's possible, because it comes from a sitting president. Of course, before it was a presidential candidate. She goes on in her third tweet. She says, campaign finance crimes also require a thing of value to be involved. But as Federal Election Commission Chair Ellen Weintraub recently said, you don't have to be able to assign a dollar amount. But in the case of Ukraine, Trump did this. The help he sought was worth $400 million in U.S. aid. And that's a felony. And she's absolutely right. It absolutely is a felony. So it's, it's getting weirder and weirder by the minute. Donald Trump has the president of Finland visiting. And so as is their want after they had their little private meeting, Trump had the note taker taken out and shot and the notes burned. No, no, I'm just I'm just kidding. That would be, you know, a different president. Afterwards, they brought the cameras in and he went off on a rant. He said Adam Schiff wasn't fit to carry Mike Pompeo's jockstrap. Seriously, he's using the, the word that BS is the abbreviation for in a tweet. They're now using that word on the air on, on CNN, which is cable. I'm not cable. We're on over the air station, so I'm not saying the word. And I, would appreciate it if you wouldn't on our air. But this guy is becoming unhinged. I mean, he's becoming seriously unhinged, which makes me really worry about the fate and future, not just of our nation, but of our world. I mean, if he starts a nuclear war with somebody, or if he starts a war that turns into a nuclear war, and then, and then it turns into a real a major nuclear war, like the US versus China, or the US versus Russia, or uh, India versus Pakistan, you know, nuclear winter. Keep in mind, I mean, some of these nuclear bombs that, that, that these guys have, they're, they're, they're not, you know, we're not talking Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Hiroshima and Nagasaki were kiloton level bombs, you know, equivalent to thousands of tons of TNT. The bombs now are megaton and gigaton, millions and billions of tons of TNT. A nuclear war would be so much larger than anything like we saw in Japan at the end of World War II. And that's just one you know, of, of a thousand possibilities. The damage that this man is doing in corrupting the executive branch, in corrupting now the Republican Party, seizing control of the Republican Party is, I lack words, but I am very concerned. I'm literally praying for my country every day, and, and you should too, and doing everything we all can to support and encourage the Democrats who are trying to hold him to account and to reach out to the Republicans who are scared to death that if he tweets at them, they will lose their seats. It's really insane. I got an email this morning from the Trump campaign. I get one pretty much every day now. I'm very concerned. Again, I mentioned this yesterday. The average age of the Fox viewer is 70 years old, more or less. And there's probably quite a few elderly people who are getting these emails just like I am every single day. And every single one of them is asking for money. And yeah, there's a federal campaign ceiling. You can't give uh, more than a little over 20, in the neighborhood of 2,500 bucks. I don't recall if it's 2,400 or 2,700, but it's in that neighborhood. You can't give to a candidate any more than that. But Trump has shut down the Federal Election Commission, which is the cop that polices that stuff. So, you know, if, if you've got elderly people, senior citizens, 
who are sitting on, you know, $100,000 in their life savings, and they've, you know, given 90000 of it to Donald Trump by giving him 50 bucks every single day he asks for the last year or two. I'm telling you, check in with Grandpa and Grandma. Anyhow, I got this letter, I got this email from Trump this morning. It's the certified website of President Donald J. Trump, the official impeachment poll with an official number stamped on it. And it says, do you agree that President Trump has done nothing wrong? Yes or no. Do you believe the Democrats will make up lies, lies is in all caps, to try and impeach the president? Do you agree the Democrats are trying to silence your voice and take away your vote by impeaching President Trump? Do you agree the Democrats are trying to impeach President Trump because they know they can't win in 2020? Are you against these baseless impeachment hearing proceedings? Do you agree that Nancy Pelosi is controlled by the squad and was pressured into calling for an impeachment inquiry? Do you believe Nancy Pelosi should publicly admit she was wrong? Do you believe that Democrats are working with the fake news media to make up lies about President Trump? Do you believe that Democrats will continue with baseless impeachment proceedings as long as President Trump is in office? Even his surveys are getting unhinged. Meanwhile, there's a new scandal brewing around Donald Trump. We're discovering that there are these huge blocks of hotel rooms that apparently wealthy individuals, lobbyists, in one case a trade association, and, and in another case an actual foreign government, are renting. They're, they're going to a Trump property and saying, yeah, we'll take 45 rooms for the next three days. You know, here's a check for 50,000 bucks or whatever it might be, right? And nobody ever shows up to occupy the rooms. It's just a way of transferring cash into the pockets of the president of the United States. You know, Saudi Arabia bought the 45th floor of Trump Tower. They own the whole thing. Now, this was before Trump became president, but, you know, and he's bragged about how they, you know, they, oh, they pay 40 million, 50 million bucks for a condo. Ro Khanna, who's, you know, regular on this program, the vice chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, is saying, this is bad stuff. This looks like raw bribery. Here's a quote from Congressman Ro Khanna. He said, if true, at a minimum, this suggests there's a culture of corruption that the administration has created. There's a sense that to curry favor, you have to engage in pay to play. That's exactly what the American people hate about Washington. Jerry Connolly said, now we're looking at near raw bribery. He's a Democrat from Virginia. That was the risk from day one. Foreign governments and others trying to seek favor because we know Trump pays attention to this. It's an obvious attempt to curry favor to him, with him. That's what Jerry Connolly said. Franklin Graham had the son of Billy, the right-wing crazed son who left his life of wild women and cocaine when his daddy was failing and stepped in to take over the multi-million dollar empire of his father. Franklin Graham is now amplifying Donald Trump's tweet about civil war. He wrote on a social media platform to his 8 million followers. This is breathtaking. This is on, on Facebook. He says, as the socialist Democrats message to the United States of America is one, we're going to take your guns and two, we're going to impeach your president. And he properly credited Dr. Robert Jeffress as the originator of the Civil War claim, saying the far-right megachurch pastor, quote, had warned on Fox News that this could cause a Civil War-like fracture in this nature from which this country will never heal. I don't know about that, Graham continued, but I can tell you this. This could lead to conflict that nobody wants if they continue down this road. Pray that God would change the hearts of the Democratic leaders in Washington and that they would see the dangerous road that we're on.
7,000 comments to that on Facebook. Eight million followers this guy has. Meanwhile, we're learning that Donald Trump wanted a moat built along the border that would be stocked with snakes and alligators. And he made this request so many times in the Oval Office of the people around him that they actually went out and got a cost estimate. Honest to God. Well, here, this is uh, from the Times. Privately, the president had, had often talked about fortifying a border wall with a water-filled trench stocked with snakes or alligators, prompting aides to seek a cost estimate. He wanted the wall electrified with spikes on the top that would pierce human flesh. After publicly suggesting that soldiers shoot immigrants if they threw rocks, the president backed off when his staff told him that was illegal. But later in a meeting, aides recall, he suggested that they shoot migrants in the legs to slow them down. His staff said that's not allowed either. Sorry. The impeachment news is uh, moving along. Nice uh, summary from Laura Clausen over at Daily Kos. Uh, Bill Barr, who Trump uh, repeatedly named in the Ukraine call, a very active player in this, is asking foreign intelligence officials for dirt on the 2016 election. Bill Barr is running around trying to prove this QAnon conspiracy theory that it was actually the Democrats who hacked the Democratic Party and released the information to WikiLeaks to hurt themselves, and that Russia had nothing to do with it. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is accusing the House Democrats of bullying his employees by asking them to come testify before Congress, saying that they're trying to intimidate witnesses. Well, I would say that you know House Democrats replied saying, no, you're, you're trying to intimidate these witnesses. And uh, Mitch McConnell is saying, well, you know, an impeachment trial might be over before it's uh, started. I mean, it's, it's just bizarre. John Kennedy, the senator from Louisiana, just proposed legislation in the Senate that would make it illegal for the vice president to have his kid work in Ukraine. <laughs> oh, my God. Federal appeals court upheld the FCC's repeal of net neutrality. Yes, your ISP can now monitor everything you do, your Internet service provider, whoever you buy your Internet service from. They can look at every single keystroke. They can read your passwords. They can share your information. They can sell your information. They can compile lists of every website you go to. They can slow down some websites. They can speed up other websites. They can get paid to do that to you and never even tell you. That's all real right now. And this federal court said, yeah, that's fine. The D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, the one where Brett Kavanaugh used to sit. But they said individual states, if they want to have net neutrality, they can do that, which is kind of good news in that California has already been moving in that direction. And a police chief is going on trial. This in the New York Times. The headline kind of says it all. Trump is, quote, the last hope for white people, end quote, said police chief on trial. There is another whistleblower. This whistleblower actually was the first whistleblower. It's from two months ago. It's getting no attention at all uh, because it's out of ways and means. But this whistleblower says that there's something snarky going on over at the IRS having to do with Trump's tax returns that we all need to know about. Well, traveling on airplanes really does a number on my back, and that's when I'm thankful for New Leaf Natural's CBD oil. CBD oil is non-intoxicating, which makes it ideal for people seeking the health benefits of cannabinoids without the mind-altering effects of medical marijuana. CBD is non-toxic and has potent pain-relieving and anti-inflammatory properties. The brand I trust the most is New Leaf Naturals. New Leaf Naturals is the highest quality CBD oil on the market. It's 100% organic, highly concentrated, contains no additional additives, grown in the USA, and the only ingredient is hemp, so the product remains in its most pure and simple form. 
Go to newleafnaturals.com, that's n-u-leafnaturals.com, and save 30% off and get free shipping in the U.S. when you use the code TOM, spelled T-H-O-M. Go to nuleafnaturals.com. For premium cannabinoid wellness, there's only one place, newleafnaturals.com. To get 30% off, go to newleafnaturals, nuleafnaturals.com, and use the code TOM, T-H-O-M, newleafnaturals.com. That's newleafnaturals.com, code TOM. From Chicago, where I am live out of the studios of Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT, over at Democratic Underground, HL the 2B has posted a, a post of a tweet from Kim Wexler's ponytail that's just absolutely brilliant. And I saw, you know, Nancy Pelosi do her press conference yesterday and I was like, you know, what's what's with this? And then, you know, the, the penny kind of dropped that Trump was going to do a press conference because he had a foreign leader there. He had the president of Finland. This tweet, Pelosi at war, number one, checks Trump's schedule, sees meeting with foreign leader, knows Trump will hold a press conference. Number two, schedules her own presser ahead of his because she knows he'll watch and stew. Uh, number three, Trump predictably baited, melts down on live television. Advantage, Pelosi. Yeah, you think so? Rob in Mesa, Arizona. Hey, Rob, what's on your mind today? Stephen Linick from the State Department Inspector General gave his briefing to the lawmakers, and then he handed right. over that weird, bizarre envelope, you know, the calligraphy of uh, from Pompeo to Ruth, and it had a return address. Right. It was, and it it was, was just full of what were apparently uh, phony baloney documents. Uh, forged right. Wouldn't that be lo- forged, lying forged to Congress? Documents. Yes. Wouldn't that be considered lying to Congress? Does this, like, fabricate material and hand well, it over? Well, what he was, uh, my understanding, and, and, and again, this was closed testimony, so we don't know exactly what happened. We, you know, what, what, what we're dealing with here is leaked information. But my understanding is that these forged documents that look like they're internal U.S. government documents that would give credence to the idea that there is a deep state conspiracy against Donald Trump, although we don't, again, know the details because we haven't seen the documents, but that's, that's what I'm hearing, that those documents had been floating around inside the Trump administration. Somebody has been providing those documents, these forged documents, and apparently Donald Trump and Bill Barr and Mike Pompeo and these guys uh, and Mike Pence thought that they were real documents and thought that there was a real problem and we really need to investigate this stuff and, you know, quack, quack, quack. And the reason the inspector general brought them to Congress was to say, these guys are nuts and this is the stuff that's making them nuts and y'all need to figure out where this came from and do something about it. I, I was under the impression he was trying to push that as a, a reason. So, okay, that makes more sense. Oh, no, no, no. The whole, the whole, you know, apparently the whole reason that he brought that to Congress was to say, there's something's rotten in Denmark here. Well, great. All right. Thank you. Thanks for the uh, okay. uh, information. Sure. Thanks a lot for the call, Rob. Ron in Lake Comanche, California. Hey, Ron, what's on your mind today? Oh, good morning, Tom. Congratulations about your new book about insights of the bankrupt uh, Supreme Court. Thank seriously. you. I think what's really causing us to wait here the longest is, is really Pence. Pence himself and his probably go back and retroactively sign PNAC. He, he's 90%. I'm 90% sure if he gets in there, I don't want to think about it. So anyway, was Pence I think one of the signers of the Project for a New American Century in that in that letter to Bill Clinton saying bomb Iraq in '98? Was Pence one of the guys who signed that? 
No, I think that he would actually love to okay. go back in time. He could go in a time machine and retrograde sign oh, I see. That's what he's been advocating for. I just didn't want to frighten people. Uh, so <laughs> you understood. Um, I'm just saying that I think that has been it. But this little excursion that they have together ties this in. I think this is a whole new ball game, and I think they're going to probably impeach him at the end of his presidency. I think that's probably the safest bet. Impeach yeah. Trump at the end of his presidency. Yeah. See, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think that the Democrats are going to, uh, you know, they, they have already started this process. They're, they, you know, the, the cutter fish bait part is over. Um, they have to move quickly and they have to get it done. If a Democrat is going to have a chance of beating Donald Trump or Mike Pence, if Trump is successfully impeached, um, they're going to have to get on that well before spring of next year which means they've got to get this well, thing think, done before February. I think this is a further indictment of the Republican Party on the theory of Pelosi. I think that she's going to actually show that these people are tied to hip, and this is going to be bad for everybody except the Democratic Party election time. That's my theory. Well, there's a Biden argument to be made here, by the way. If uh, yeah. Trump gets, gets thrown out, and then Mike Pence becomes president, Mike Pence being, you know, a smarmy kind of, you know how Mike Pence is. Um, Pence is going to come forward and he's going to say, OK, we've, you know, our long national nightmare is over, which is what Jerry Ford said. And I'm going to clean things up and we're going to have some good government legislation, which is what Jerry Ford did. And then he's going to run for president as the reform candidate. That's going to take a lot of steam out of the progressive side of the Democratic Party because, hey, you know, Pence is already the progressive candidate uh, or, or not progressive, but, you know, the reform candidate. And so uh, it's going to cause, I think, a lot of Democrats to say the, the kind of middle of the road, low information voter Democrats and a lot of the independents, actually more independents than Democrats to say, uh, yeah, OK, well, let's just let's consider Joe Biden. Let's let's, you know, slow and steady and stable and back to normal and all that kind of stuff. That all sounds good to me. I, I'm, not, I'm not ready for radical change. Radical change, yes, if it's against Donald Trump. But if Pence can present himself as a cloth coat Republican, as a, as a Richard Nixon Republican, it's going to upend the Democratic primary. I don't believe that he can do random stuff after the rhetoric of what he is and what he's about when he was a governor. I don't think that you just erased that. No. But see, nobody knows. He, he, nobody knows. He, he I, I'll, I'll bet if you were to ask... I'll bet if you were to ask 100 Americans what was Mike Pence's job before he became president, they wouldn't be able to tell you. You know, they, they couldn't tell you that he was a member of Congress and he was a governor from Indiana and that he used to write op-eds talking about how tobacco doesn't cause cancer. Ron, thanks for the call. Ed in Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, Ed, what's on your mind today? First of all, welcome to the great Midwest. Thank you. I love the, the Midwest. Second, I grew up in Michigan. I'm home. In the sec Second World War, Hitler refused to allow his troops to surrender. He, he forced them to shoot people who were trying to surrender to the Americans or the, the Allied troops. He seemed okay. to feel that German people did not deserve to survive the war. And he seemed to go out of his way to destroy the infrastructure and all of society. I'm wondering if that is in our future. 
That is my biggest fear, Ed. I don't talk about it a lot. I mentioned it yesterday once. Um, I don't want to pound on it too much, but I think that we all need to seriously consider what might happen. Um, Jim Jones, Adolf Hitler, Tojo, these guys, uh, these cult leaders, when they see that they are going down, very often they try to take their followers with them, or in the case of Hitler, their country with them. And uh, That know, is I've the told fear you this, that I have. Yeah. Carrie in New Windsor, New York. Hey, Carrie, what's on your mind? So now that Bernie has shown some weakness, we really need to think like these Trump people who voted for Trump. And um, I have a solution on how to get a woman president, and I have a solution on how we can get away from face F you fill in the blank, so I like to call it that. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Because, you know, Mark Zuckerberg just totally, there was this stuff leaked about how he's totally going to take on Elizabeth Warren, and he's totally on it regarding the antitrust stuff. He knows about it. Yeah. And if I, by the way, if I can insert something here about Mark Zuckerberg, you go to popular.info. Judd Legum wrote about this today. Facebook yesterday changed their rules. They will no longer, they used to say if you had a deceptive political ad, they would not allow you to run it. And the Trump administration came to them and said, we've got a million and a half dollars. We want to buy these ads. And the, the ads are, are filled with lies. CNN just said, no, we're not going to run your ad. But Facebook has changed their rules, so they will now allow lies in political ads. And so the Trump campaign is all over Facebook now. But you're right. Mark Zuckerberg said that, you know, if Elizabeth Warren uh, becomes president, he's a little freaked out because she's talked about breaking up big corporations. Where were you going with that? Yeah, I mean, um, there's two ways. I mean, to, the way to get away from face F-U blank blank is for more of those tech people who never taught us, like, we were, like, wanting to ask them, how do we run our own websites? And they were so, like, social anxiety that they were, like, learn it yourself, and then everybody went to this user-friendly face F-U blank blank. And um, for a woman to be president, <laughs> that's what we've got now. And so your woman, the, the lady let yesterday on there, I was going to ask her, I mean, I have two solutions on sorry, a woman president. I'm talking about sexism as much as we talk about racism and inserting mm-hmm. the thing about sexism into every single, like, just have it bleed into everything. And I, I think that's the only way that we've got a brown skin president. And that's, you know, and so just inserting that into everything. I mean, to the point we're talking about. Yeah, it's a big it's a big issue, Carrie. Thank you very much for the call. I would love to see a woman as president of the United States. It's high time. I would absolutely love to see it. And check out my new op-ed. It's just up over at commondreams.org. And don't forget, democracy depends on you. So get out there, get active, tag, you're it. I'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. 